Hello, everybody, and welcome to Works Well, a podcast by me, Melissa Sherry, certified health coach and workplace wellness specialist. This podcast is for leaders who want to support their teams in the pursuit of high quality work, decreased burnout, and meaningful collaboration. If you want to empower your team to bring their best selves to work, you are in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful people. Today we have a second part to last week's episode on giving feedback. And we are going to talk all about what it looks like to successfully receive feedback. And this is really getting into the mindset of a leader and what needs to happen in order to have successful communication with your team, the really juicy stuff that we're all into. Before we jump in, as always, your follows on Spotify and Apple Podcasts are so meaningful to me. And sharing with your friends, coworkers, siblings, frenemies, whoever would benefit from this information is so, so meaningful and valuable to me. And I love you so much for it. Another thing is you can connect with me on Instagram at Workswell Podcast. I post, obviously, when podcasts drop, but lots of in-between knowledge too, um, things that inspire me, things that come up with my clients. So if you find this useful, you will definitely find my Instagram really helpful for your journey. And one last very special announcement Episode 20, which is next episode, will conclude season one. Can you even believe it? Do not worry. This show's not going anywhere. I'm just taking a few weeks off to rejuvenate with my family, and I will be back for season two in August. When I planned this episode, I was really thinking about leaders like usual, and I want to tell you why. As I've stated in some of the other stories I've shared, I am so driven in my work because of poor experiences. And this is unfortunate that I've had those experiences, but I can truly say at this point in my career, in my development and growth, that I couldn't be more grateful for these times because they are what gave me so much energy and helped me identify my true purpose in this world. So I am on a mission to make sure that no one is made to feel the way that I have in certain jobs and spaces. And I'm talking about feeling taken advantage of, used, disrespected, overworked, burnt out. I know so many people who have some version of that story living and working in Western or American society. And communication is such an integral component to how we see ourselves and each other. And when I'm doing research and looking for resources and kind of digging into these topics that I record on, but also when I'm serving my clients and helping them solve problems, I'm so much more likely to find something really valuable for the employee population versus leadership training. So I started to really dig into like, why is that? Why am I finding so many things for an employee to help themselves versus training leadership. And let's start from the source and work backwards. And what I found is this is because we are playing on a surface level. We're not digging deeper and asking the bigger questions. And the reason to understanding that's easy because it's easier to pin the blame on the employees versus take ownership as leaders and turn 
our processes and everything that we've known to be true for our entire lives, essentially, over on its head. And I'm really here arguing that the problem is very rarely an individual. The problem is their environment and leadership in lots of cases. And I'm always seeking to understand what conditions are present to make someone behave a certain way, whether it's positive or negative. And I want to put this in another context as well. When I say that the problem is really rarely an individual, I'm also talking about leadership. In lots of large organizations, there are many leaders, right? Lots of people making big decisions and weighing in on changes. And it's the system in place that allows them to feel smarter than their employees, that thinks that they know better than their employees, that rewards them for making autonomous decisions when the better decision would probably be to involve more people and more points of view. Again, I just want to reiterate that that I'm talking about a problem with the system and not a problem with individuals. And when I say individuals, I'm I'm talking about employees and leaders. So what I'm finding in my work now is that it's not a natural first step for leaders to understand that There truly is no change without leadership investment, meaning that I'm finding it difficult with some organizations to like convince them. And that feels icky, right? It feels icky when we have to convince somebody that our way is the right way. And at the same time, it points out this big glaring gap that we have in lots of our organizations of ownership and the ability to change and grow and think differently from our top levels. And what I'm really talking about here is role modeling culture and norms of an organization that we want to see, right? We want to see our our leaders (laughs) walking the talk, living what they're talking about. And this is so relevant for today's topic on how to receive feedback. I've worked with many bosses who dish out feedback, and I'm talking about as an employee, who love to dish out feedback, right? And it feels more like criticism. It's freely, it's open, it's in front of other people. It feels like there's nothing you can ever do right to make this person happy. However, there are very few opportunities to provide feedback to them. And when it is shared, when feedback is shared with them, it's met with contempt, defensiveness, or resistance. I lay this situation out for you who are listening, who might be in leadership roles, to really draw a stark and very real example of the power that you have to really work on these skills and create. I'm not even talking about better environments for your employees to thrive. Of course, that's what we accomplish when we do this. But I'm talking about safe spaces for people to just exist. I'm reading this book right now. And It's just really harping on this idea of the health implications that some of the stress and anxiety and depression that people pick up from the workplace are having on their lives. So it's so much bigger than just the walls of your organization. It impacts people in every facet of their life. So I want to talk about these essential skills. And I'm moving away from this idea of calling them soft skills like they have been historically and using this term human skills because they're so incredibly important to so many 
really vital pieces of human connection and relationships that I think it's a little undermined when we call them soft skills. So listening, giving, and receiving feedback are all crucial to psychological safety, which we've talked about quite a bit. And with psychological safety comes a whole set of benefits that we've touched on a bit, like innovation, collaboration, creativity. It really allows for people to be themselves at work, which is a win for every single person at the organization. So we covered giving feedback last week. So if you missed that one, go listen. I really love that episode and feel like there are so many little nuggets in there that you can keep coming back to. So for this time, let's dig into what it looks like to receive feedback successfully. The first thing I want to talk about here is the leadership mindset for receiving feedback. I want to start by first addressing that some of these mindset serve as barriers to feedback loops. And I kind of want to go through what I thought about when I was putting pen to paper here. So the number, I have four barriers here that I have seen leaders put up that really keep them from having great communication and transparency with their people. Number one, believing that you know better or more than your team. Number two, believing that you are the only one capable of solving problems. Number three, not trusting your team. And number four, not respecting your team's talent. If you find yourself falling into any of these buckets that I just mentioned, I want to take a moment just for you and share some real compassion because I used to be this person who thought that I was truly the only one who could do something right. I would do all the jobs. At one point in my career, I was a general manager of a brewery years ago, and I was the only one doing closing duties. I was coming in and opening the bar every day. I was cooking in the kitchen. I was literally had my hands in every single piece of the business because I was the face of the business. And I put so much of my pride and my self-worth into what leadership thought of me, into what customers thought of the space. And it made it really hard for me to find people who wanted to take responsibility And it caused my team to talk poorly about me behind my back because I was so uptight and rigid about my work environment. And I really created a monster version of management out of these really controlling behaviors because I was so attached to the outcome of what happened. And as a business owner, of course I can understand that because it's your baby. It's It's what your livelihood depends on. It's important. And at the same time, you're holding yourself and your team back if you don't shed these layers and layers of history and trauma and whatever else is attached to that that lens of control and needing to hold the responsibility. When I was in this situation, once I noticed this behavior, and it was honestly from the help of a really great coworker who ultimately became a great friend, and mirroring some of the behavior back to me, I really just started by getting curious and exploring where this came from. And what I discovered is that this behavior was linked to how I was brought up in the culture and the environment where love and praise had to be earned. So it's all linked back to this people-pleasing and not being able to, to fail 
and not being able to let anybody else around me fail. And it's really high stakes when you're operating from the little person inside of you who needed to get good grades or who needed to be nice to feel loved and positivity. So this impacted me as an adult and really played a huge role in how intensely I felt I needed to have control over the outcomes with my name on it. Because for the little version of me, if I failed, I wouldn't be worthy of love. And I share this story because if you can find, if you do find yourself in this pattern of behavior where you need to control and your team feels unseen and disrespected by you, and you'll know that because they're not engaged and they're not honest with you, then chances are that there's a bigger reason for that control. And showing yourself love and compassion and curiosity is really the place where you can start chipping away and identifying how to change that behavior. And the biggest thing I can say is working with a life coach, working with a therapist, working with somebody who can really help you uncover all of that is the best way to do it. Okay, so now that we're done with story hour, let's dig into some of the more tangible skills associated with being a feedback receiver champion. Okay, I know some of these come off as super obvious. However, I am including them and keeping them with this list because so many people know what to do, but don't do it. So until you're doing it, you're not allowed to judge these things as, oh, well, obviously. If it's so obvious, then we need to start doing these things. So this is your chance to really focus and take positive action. Even if you feel like one of these steps is obvious or lame, take the time to evaluate yourself in the moment and check in to assess assess your skill set in each of these phases of processing feedback. So number one, it's as simple as creating the opportunity to receive feedback. So think about where employees can openly share with you today. Are you locked away in this gorgeous corner office all day with your door closed and someone needs to knock and interrupt you in order to get your attention? Or do you have your door open and you provide office hours and you do a monthly open Zoom room where anybody can come in to talk to you? It's really about evaluating the physical environment that you create with your presence. If you are listening to this and you're like, you know what, I don't get any feedback, think about why. Think about, again, the physical environment that exists around you and what could be blocking people from coming up to you. Could it be that there's no avenue or that people might not trust that anything would get done about it? Think about past experiences you've had with formal with feedback in this current environment and use that to kind of unravel what might be happening if you don't have feedback today. In the last episode, we talked about formal versus informal feedback. It's pretty self-explanatory, but formal feedback requires a system. Think about annual reviews. Informal feedback requires trust and respect. That's when you're getting feedback just in a casual conversation. And remember this when you're evaluating this piece. Number two, listen to the feedback given. Again, it seems obvious, right? If we're asking for feedback, you'd think that that was an opportunity to listen and engage. But this really means not interrupting 
or deciding someone is wrong before they even finish their thought. Hear the person out and listen to what they are really saying, not what you assume they will say. And you can absorb more information if you're concentrating on listening and understanding rather than being defensive and focusing on your response. I did a whole entire episode on active listening that if this feels like where you want to start, go listen to that episode again. There are so many powerful tools in there of mirroring, of taking deep breaths, of just being present with yourself while communicating to someone else that can be so incredibly helpful in what can be a really scary and intimidating situation like receiving feedback. Another piece of this is, again, we're getting into this like bigger conversation around people pleasing and patterns and that kind of internal relationship that you have with yourself. But there's also a piece here of detaching your self-worth from the feedback. Just because someone is giving you feedback that can educate or inform you moving forward in a different way doesn't mean that you are bad. Just sit with that for a minute and breathe it in. Getting feedback does not mean you're bad. But I can tell you that all day long. Unless you do the work to really understand that, it's not going to be effective. Number three, be aware of your response. Try to avoid putting up barriers by staying physically open and engaged with them. And what I mean is not crossing your arms, sitting upright in your chair, continuing to make eye contact, even if you feel uncomfortable. And I want to add, if you feel like you do not have the capacity to provide the right response at that time, that's okay. You're a human being. It's okay to take some time and take a step back and think on it. No one should be expected to have all of the answers all the time. You're a human. And this is where you can show some of that really genuine side of yourself if you're put in this situation. So if you need time to think on feedback and come back and share it with that person, create a follow-up action, an appointment with them to continue the conversation once you've had that opportunity. There's nothing wrong with that. Number four, understand the message. Again, we're talking about active listening. So making sure to check in to ensure that you heard the same message that the person you're working with said, and that you can also mirror feedback back to the person to make sure that you have an equal understanding. So not letting them leave the room without making sure that exactly what they said is exactly what you heard. So important. Number five, reflect and decide what to do. Your response is your choice. If you disagree with the feedback or if you consider it that it wasn't coming from a viable source, consider asking for a second opinion from somebody else. Create additional opportunities for feedback so that you can really understand the full picture. And I'm not going to tell leaders that every tiny bit of feedback should be handled the same way. However, all feedback requires consideration. So take time to reflect on what that feedback means and the weight that you want to give it in terms of change for your organization and for yourself. And then finally, follow up. There's so many ways to follow up on feedback. Sometimes your follow-up will simply involve implementing the suggestions or writing an email. In other situations, you might want to set up another meeting to discuss the feedback or to re 
submit the revised work that you got, anything like that. This is where trust is built. If somebody comes to you with feedback and it's never followed up on, you never take time to reflect and respond to them, the chances are of them giving you feedback again are pretty slim. And feedback is so incredibly valuable in the growth and development of you, but also to the environment in the organization. So this is a really big responsibility to make sure that you're taking the feedback seriously, getting it where it needs to go, and then ultimately making the decisive decision on what to do with it. As always, I know I just threw a lot at you. This one was jam-packed. My single ask from you before we sign off for this week is to move forward with a deeper awareness of how you process feedback and work to create more opportunities for honesty and reflection. This could be as simple as like putting it on your calendar, having open office hours, keeping your door open during the day, whatever that looks like for you. Think about what a viable option is in your environment and implement. Thank you all so much. I love you. I will see you next week for the last episode of season one. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on LinkedIn under Melissa Sherry Coaching or on Instagram at workswellpodcast. Make sure to follow and subscribe wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. See you next time.